What's up and welcome to Ask Father Josh, the podcast where I get to listen to your questions, pray with them, and hopefully respond in such a way that is helpful for you to become a saint in your walk toward eternity. Here's how the show goes. You hit me up with three to five questions dealing with anything and everything from morality to spirituality, relationship advice, evangelization, discipleship, catechesis, and the list goes on and on and on. I would then sit with your questions, pray with them, and hopefully respond in such a way that it's helpful for you to become a, a saint. But my disclaimer is this. I am not perfect. I'm not infallible. Therefore, the advice I give to you, the responses I share with you might not be good for you. If that is the case, please reject whatever it is that I say that doesn't help you to become a saint in your walk toward eternity. If my advice is helpful, though difficult, then please lean into more time with Christ in prayer and in study so that God can give you the grace that you may need to fulfill the demands of discipleship. If you're a first time listener, you can hit me up with your own questions, comments, and critiques at www.essentialpress.com slash askfatherjosh, spell out A-S-K-F-A-T-H-E-R-J-O-S-H. And you can also rate us and review us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and other podcast formats and share us on your social media pages so that other people can find out about the show. If it's good for you, potentially it could be good for them as well. On today's show, we're going to address questions about the saints and the Blessed Mother. Do they cry in heaven? Do they experience pain and suffering whenever they pray for us, when they accompany us? We're going to talk about um, Mary again. And did she ever experience anger? And finally, we're going to talk about scrupulosity, particularly with uh, the Sacrament of Reconciliation and struggling with the thought of, do I need to reconfess some of these sins that I have uh, already confessed if I forgot to mention certain things about those sins? Uh, but before we get into those, those really, really good questions, I want to share with you a glory story. Glory story is this. So, man, God has been so so generous with me in, in this season. Of my priest said, it's just been such a gift. I just I'm I'm so in love with the Lord. Uh, and yeah, he he's everything to me. He is everything. And so, but one of the gifts that he's given to me in the past month has been through a number of very, very different circles. Uh, the Lord has shared with me through people to the body of Christ how some of the books that we've done to Ascension Press have helped people to to come to Jesus, to surrender to Jesus, to to think with the mind of Christ and act with the body of Christ. Uh, so I, I got some feedback from some priest friends of mine who are like, hey, just heads up. Uh, thanks for some of the books you've written because I, I've had people come back to the Sacrament of Reconciliation because of them. I had someone uh, who is the director of RCA tell me uh, that someone came into their program because of another book. And another person told me that they've been able to commit to a consistent holy hour uh, through another book that we've written through Ascension. And recently, my, my latest book that just came out, On Earth As It Is in Heaven, Restoring God's Vision of Race and Discipleship, I've already had people reach out to me and tell me that like their eyes are open now to things that they didn't know before, and they feel convicted uh, to address um, injustices that are that are happening in, in their communities. Um, and so it's just so beautiful for me, and it's such a gift to be able to to live to see some of the fruit. Right? Um, I'm so so grateful. I'm, I'm I am not worthy of this gift to receive this fruit. I ah, but God is just so generous. He's so generous with with me and with really with all of us. And so I'm just grateful that a that God called me 
this this priest who is who is still a sinner. <laughs> he called me to to be a bridge for some of his people to come back to him. And I'm grateful for you for receiving these books and, and, and buying these books and reading them and praying with them and sharing them because, yeah, it's, it's just, it's been a mutual gift of, of your, your work of, of sharing them has helped other people to come to know and love and serve Christ and to repent and to believe in the fullness of the gospel. And there's nothing better, right, that we could ask for than to, than to surrender our lives to the Lord and to surrender to all of his teachings and to be disciples after his own heart. And so, yeah, yeah, it's just, my heart is filled with a lot of gratitude right now uh, just to know that, yeah, that he could use and would use and has chosen to use me uh, of all people uh, to be a part of his team. So that's my glory stories. I'm grateful. And the books are available at essentialpress.com. So if you want to get them, check them out. Um, They might be good for you as well. Might not. I'm not perfect. I'm not fallible. So you might not like them. You might find them to be whatever. That's cool too. Whatever. So there it is. Whoop, there it is. All right, let's go ahead and jump into today's show. All right, first question comes in from Teresa. Teresa reminds me of that Idrisai song, Jesus, I need you. Lover, don't leave me. Did you call my name just to plunge me deep? All right, so Teresa says this. If there are no more tears or weeping in heaven, then when we ask the saints to pray for us, they experience pain and sorrow. If I understand correctly, our Holy Mother Mary weeps for us. That's a great question, Teresa. So let's first of all, start with the Bible. Like, what does the Word of God say? So the Word of God says this in the book of Revelation, which was written by St. John, the beloved disciple. He's the apostle who rested... uh, his head on the breast of Jesus at the Last Supper. And uh, yeah, he was the only apostle who was faithful to the cross uh, when Jesus Christ was crucified. And he says that God will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away whenever we make it to heaven. That's in uh, the book of Revelation, chapter 21, verse four. So when the saints see us in pain, when they see us experience profound suffering, like do they have like profound sorrow in their hearts, and are they crying? Do they suffer with us, like in solidarity? So the answer is no, in a sense. <laughs> the saints no longer have a fallen human mind in heaven because they do not see our suffering the way that we see our suffering. The, the, while we're still on, on earth, we're in our fallen body. We have a fallen nature. We've not been glorified yet, right? Um, and so uh, a glorified human mind uh, is configured to the mind of Christ. It, it's, it's perfectly configured to the mind of Christ. And so, so the saints, once they make it to heaven, they're totally in line with, with the Lord. And so they're able to see and recognize our situations on earth with the eyes of our Lord. They're, they're not just looking at the particular chapter, but they're, but they're seeing like how, how the Lord sees this, which his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. They're above our thoughts. And so the glorified mind will see God's mercy and justice in his proper perspective. Um, so yeah, the, the, the saints are with us and they're praying for us and they're interceding for us on our behalf, but they're, they're not like suffering because like they see us suffering. So like if your grandmother is a saint now in heaven and she sees the stuff you're going through, she's not crying because the Bible says there will be no more crying. There'll be no more pain. There'll be no more mourning. Because now your grandmother sees you with the eyes of, of, of Christ, who she is living and abiding in relationship with in, in heaven. 
as far as like Mary and her apparitions, our Jesus, our Joseph, the angels, the saints, and their apparitions. Again, apparitions are appearances. Uh, they happen all throughout the Bible. Uh, remember, Moses and Elijah appeared to Jesus on the top of Mount Tabor. Gabriel appeared to Mary at the Annunciation. So apparitions happen all the time. Jesus Christ appeared to Saul and the Acts of the Apostles. Whenever we see like a saint, like the Blessed Mother, crying, I think we're invited to understand that her tears symbolize the weight of, of our sins that we have committed or the sins that have been committed against us. So rather than actually crying, her tears and the tears of the saints who also have cried in apparitions, they reflect to us emotions that we should be feeling right now, like emotions that we ought to be um, feeling when we're confronted with our brokenness or the brokenness of others in our community. So it's not like they're actually feeling it, but they're like they're showing us and giving us a mirror of how we ought to be feeling, right? We, we, we should experience this, this sadness over sin, and that sadness should lead us then to more prayer and penance. It should lead us to more almsgiving. It should lead us to more evangelization and discipleship. It should lead us to more repentance and belief in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, and so that's what they're doing. They're not actually feeling it. They're showing us what we, it's okay for us to feel. Sometimes I've done this in, when I've like spent time with people in pastoral counseling. Like they, they feel ashamed to have an emotion. So like I kind of might mirror to them, it's okay for you to feel this way. And I'll show it in my actions, I'll show it in my facial expression, like, and kind of coach them through, it's okay to have the emotion of anger. It's okay to have the emotion of sadness. Now, what are we going to do with that anger now? What are we going to do with that, that emotion of sadness, right? Let's allow the Holy Spirit into this conversation so the Holy Spirit can invite us to, to use the emotions of anger or sadness or whatever it is to draw us to, to deeper prayer and to, to, to action uh, to justice, to charity, to evangelization and catechesis. So uh, hopefully that was sufficient, Teresa. Speaking of anger, let's go ahead and answer Bridget's question about Mary. Did Mary ever feel anger? Father Josh, most people talk about the suffering that Mary experienced during the passion and death of her son, but wouldn't she have experienced anger too? Wouldn't she have felt outraged at the pain and suffering being inflicted upon her son? I know she would have never acted on any anger she felt because she is without sin, but that doesn't mean she didn't feel it, right? Can you help clarify? I, I Hopefully I can help clarify, Bridget, anger is just an emotion, and emotions are not sins. Uh, sadness is an emotion, and that's not sinful. Jesus Christ flipped tables in the Gospels. When he flipped tables, he didn't do it with a smile on his face. Like He was angry, but it was just anger. It was righteous anger. Righteous anger is good. We ought to feel righteous. If I saw like, a, a group of guys jumping my grandmother in the streets, my authentic and correct and right emotion would be anger. And my anger would lead me to go and fight for my grandmother, to protect her, to defend her, to save her from the attacks of the enemies. So Mary certainly would have felt anger at seeing her son misunderstood and beaten up and scourged and uh, abused and molested as he was stripped naked and cursed and mocked and crucified. Of course, yeah. No, she would have felt anger, and I would say she would have acted on that anger. But the actions that she committed that flowed from her anger were prayer of intercession. Her action was to be in solidarity with Jesus. Her action uh, was to, with Christ, forgive those who were hurting her son, right? So, because she's always in line, totally in line with Jesus Christ. And so, anger is fine to experience, it's not sinful. Uh, and I always tell people this, uh, particularly whenever they struggle with forgiveness of other people, like, you know, I still get angry when I think about what they did to me. I'm like, anger is not a sin. It's not bad to feel anger. It means you're human with emotions. Now, let's, 
give that anger to Jesus so that the Lord Jesus Christ can use that anger to draw us to, to intercession for their salvation, right? For their salvation, for what, for what they've done, how they've offended us. So hopefully that was helpful. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to dive into our final question about struggling with scrupulosity. I'm Jeff Cavins. I wrote The Activated Disciple because I know how easy it is to practice the faith and to study it. But what if we lived our entire lives without doing what we learned? God doesn't just call us to be students. He calls us to be disciples, to look and live like Jesus. If you yearn for a life that moves beyond just studying and believing, if you yearn to become an activated disciple, then this book is for you. The Activated Disciple teaches you how to take your faith to the next level so you can become an instrument for God to transform the world. To order The Activated Disciple, visit ascensionpress.com or Amazon. And we're back. Just a quick reminder, you can hit me up with your own questions at www.essentialpress.com slash askfatherjosh, spell it A-S-K-F-A-T-H-E-R-J-O-S-H. You can also rate us and review us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and other podcast formats. And you can share us on your social media pages. This will help other people to find out about the show. If it's been good for you, potentially it might be good for them as well. Last question comes in from uh, Anonymous, who writes this. Hey, Father Josh, I've been dealing with OCD scrupulosity, and I have a question. I have confessed my mortal sins from the past year or so, um, and I didn't really know and forget to say how many times I committed the mortal sin. Does this mean that I have to reconfess those sins again or with my confession um, valid? All right, so because you didn't know, just so I want you to hear this, it was valid, right? It was still a valid confession. Now I'm going to go into what the, the next best steps would be, but if you don't know something, that doesn't invalidate it, right? So the Council of Trent said that confessions need to include number and species, uh, particularly with respect to mortal sins, whenever it's, it's mortal sins that we're talking about. All right, so we don't need to go into details when we confess our mortal sins. We don't need to be too vague. So I don't go to confession and say, uh, I committed lust, because like, what does that mean? Uh, does that mean I had lustful thoughts in my imagination that I entertained? Does it mean I saw and viewed pornography? Does that mean I gave in to uh, masturbation? Does that mean that I was inappropriate with someone else, but it wasn't sex? Does that mean I had sex with multiple partners? Does it mean I went to the strip club? Like, what does lust mean? So we need to be we need to be clear with 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 device to the best of our ability. So specific, but not in details. So we, we, you could say I went to the strip club on one occasion. This is my last confession. And that's, that's sufficient. I don't need to hear, I went to this strip club and I saw uh, this many strippers on this many poles and I um, had this conversation. And, and like that, that's, that's not what's important. It's like just be, be general, but also not vague. All right. So, um, or if, if it's uh, anger, I don't say uh, I was angry. It's like I, I gave into anger with my spouse and I cursed out my spouse. Like that's, that's good enough. I don't need the story of, well, my spouse didn't make dinner uh, again or didn't help me clean the dishes. And so then I broke a plate. And after I broke a plate, um, I, I then ran outside and I, I threw a uh, tantrum and I, you know, just like you say, I, I was angry and I was, I acted irrational and I, I cursed at my spouse and, you know, I th- whatever. Like be, be specific to what you did, but we don't need all the details that surround the vice. All right. 
And this happened one time, Father. All right. So um, if you can remember the numbers, a specific number, just say it. If you don't know the specific number, which many of us don't, especially if we're like, we have a conversion later in life and we're thinking about it to our teenage years, then say to the best of our ability, it was, it was, it was more times than I can count, right? It was, it was definitely more than 10. It was less than 50. You know, like I, I don't know the specific number. So it was on numerous occasions. Um, and, and so that way we can, we can get it out. The reason why this is important um, is because the Code of Canon Law uh, says this, a member of the Christian faith was obliged to confess in kind and in number all grave sins committed after baptism. So if you are an adult who came to the church late in life, got baptized, your baptism took away all your sins before, so you don't worry about those sins. Um, if you're baptized as a baby, though, then any sins that have been committed after baptism that are grave um, need to be confessed. If you go to confession and you like, legit forgot them, then your confession was still valid. Just next time you go, confess them again. If you go to confession and intentionally choose not to confess them, um, then the confession is invalid. So canon law, it says that all grave sins committed after baptism and not yet directly remitted to the keys of the church nor acknowledged in individual confession of which one is conscious after diligent examination of conscience need to be confessed. Um, so I would encourage you uh, to, yeah, to go behind the screen and just be like, look, I didn't know I was supposed to say the number. So like your confessions were valid, but like you're now invited if you are aware that you know the number, say the number, next time you go, behind the screen, like don't make a, a, a big deal about like you're, you're not in sin right now. Just go behind the screen and say, this is just to complete my last confession. I was not aware I was supposed to say, say number. Here's the number. Father, I don't know the number, so I'll just say it happened um, a lot. It happened on numerous occasions, and I just honestly, I can't count. And so you you are only being asked and invited to do this to the, to the best of, of your ability. Uh, so if you honestly don't know, then just be honest about that. I really don't know, Father, but it was it was a lot. Uh, I, I always encourage the screen because I just feel like the screen it, it's, it's easier, right? Just just go behind the screen, write a list down. Say, Father, I've been in confession of these sins before, but I just I forgot. I didn't know. I didn't know I was supposed to say number and kind, and so, or I didn't know that I wasn't supposed to be super vague. And so, uh, to be specific, whenever I said that I was lustful, I had an affair with my boss on one occasion. Like that's that's what I meant when I said I was lustful. You know. Um, to be specific, when I said um, I was lustful, I, I gave into masturbation and pornography um, on two occasions or whatever, right? Just be specific. God's mercy is is forever. Like the Lord loves you and he is not out to accuse you like the devil is or to condemn you or discourage you. He just wants you to receive the greatest amount of graces that are available to you and to me. And so, uh, yeah, I would just encourage you to take it to prayer and after maybe 10 minutes of praying with it, and don't don't overthink it. Don't overpray about it. Just next week of confession, to the best of your ability, share the number. And uh, and if you weren't specific about like the kind, like what specifically it was, just, just share that. But again, you don't have to go into detail. I think that's what scares a lot of people is they think, well, I have to like share all these details. And like, that's that's not what you need to do um, in the confessional. You can be very specific uh, with your, your vice. Everybody struggles. Everybody has sins. The greatest saints had sins. The greatest saints struggled for years after their conversions. And so the fact that, that you've committed sins uh, that might be very embarrassing, you're not alone. So did many other great saints throughout salvation history. Um, it, it, look at the apostles. I mean, they, they left Jesus. They abandoned Jesus. Peter denied Jesus. And how did Jesus respond to Peter? He kept calling him. He kept choosing him. He kept wanting him. And the Lord is going to keep calling you and choosing you anonymous, and he wants you. So there's nothing that you could do. There's nothing that you can say that will make Jesus Christ say, I don't want you anymore. No, 
He wants you and he loves you. And he is simply just inviting you to receive profound love and mercy through the gift of the sacraments in the church. So hopefully this is encouraging. Hopefully this is helpful, um, helpful for you. Yeah. And then with regards to your experience of OCD and scrupulosity, my other encouragement would be to, if you don't have a therapist yet, to reach out to a Catholic therapist, to a counselor, somebody who can walk with you, who can also accompany you because Again, many of the great saints who preceded us in our walk toward eternity also experienced OCD and scrupulosity and, and many other um, struggles. So that's just my encouragement for you. With that being said, let's go ahead and, and pray. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. God, we love you. We desire you. We want to think like you. We want to speak like you. We want to act like you. God, help us to surrender to you to not be conformed to the world around us, but to be conformed to your mind and heart, to be transformed by your grace so that we can invite others uh, to know, love, and serve you throughout their walk toward eternity. Give us the grace, God, to build up an authentic civilization of love, to build your kingdom, to help to accompany uh, disciples in the geographical boundaries of our land, to to draw more people to your sacraments so they can be formed to the saints of this generation who go out into the world, God, and who transform unjust practices and policies so that we can have um, unity in the body of Christ, God. We just want to, to be with you totally yours, totally yours, God, totally yours. We ask this prayer, Father, through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you and Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. All right, y'all. Uh, that's the show. Let's stay in touch. And don't forget to get my new book. Uh, it's at essentialpress.com slash on earth. It is called On Earth As It Is In Heaven, Restoring God's Vision of Race and Discipleship. I believe that this book is going to help many parishes out and many people out in their efforts of, of discipleship of all peoples. And not just some people, but all people. So please check out the book. All right, y'all. God bless. Until next time, I'll see you in the Eucharist.